Welcome to The Manly Catholic. In this podcast, we will inspire, challenge, and equip all men to become the men they were created to be. Join us as we journey together to become the best versions of ourselves and strive to change our communities one man at a time. Hello, all. Welcome to another episode of The Manly Catholic. This is James, your host. And with me tonight, we have a very special guest, which I am very excited to talk about and talk to. And that is Steve Thomas. Steve, welcome to The Manly Catholic. Thank you. Thank you, James. And is there ever a time where you have just a, a guest and not a special or very special guest? Have you ever you just know, had a guest? I, I haven't. You know what? That's not true. I did have my friend on Dan, and I think I just called him a guest. So, okay. you know, if, if they're just my friends, they're, my, they're a guest, but everyone else is a very special awesome. guest. <laughs> awesome. Very special. No, that's good. That's good. I feel, I feel good. Good to be here. Uh, good to be here, James. Well, Steve, it, it is an honor. You've wrote, you wrote an amazing book, which is called Catholic Joe Superhero. And oh yeah, flash flash that <laughs> book up for everyone to see. There you go. Yeah, it, and it was really, and I'm not just trying to toot your own horn, but it was a, f- a phenomenal book. You know, because I'm always looking. I think I, I mentioned this too. I've been looking for good Catholic fiction, mm-hmm. and those for especially for men, which obviously this is tailored more towards men too. Which, oh yeah, for um, sure. And I I loved it, and you know it. It really is. I mean, I think it's 513 pages, but it does not feel like a long book at all. It's very easy to read, not in like a elementary level, but it's just it's well written and it cu- touches on some very serious topics, which I know we'll dive into tonight as well. But before we get into Catholic Joe, we will start with the St. Michael prayer. So we'll start in the name of the Father and the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. St. Michael, the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast in hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, Steve, the question I always lead off with, if you could be the patron saint of anything, what would it be and why? You know, my first inkling is basketball, but um, but I was never that good. I was always like the last person on the team. That would it would be in, in all seriousness, it would be of the victims of divorce. So I would be the patron saint of those wounded by divorce. And in in reason being, came from a divorced family. Um, I, you know, it it really is. I, I call it the crucible of divorce, and it is really something that kind of forges you. There's a lot of things that happen with divorce, but yeah, that, you know, I think um, that's something I feel strongly about. And that's really, when I wrote the book, the book is all about marriage. I mean, didn't you get that, that sense, James, when you read it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's all about marriage. And I really have a white hot passion fire for marriage. And it comes from, again, all the pain, all the struggle, a lot of darkness and uh, things like that. And uh, so, uh, so I think, yeah, I think that would be it. No, I love that. You know, and I know you've done uh, so much work besides just the uh, writing this, like I said, this this incredible book. So why don't you give our listeners a little bit more background on yourself, you know, and, and why, you know, maybe you felt the need to write a book like this. How much time do we have? I mean, I've you know, done we so have many. As much time as you, I might fall asleep, but, you know, <laughs> I'll just put the camera rolling, Steve, and you, you just keep going. You better not fall asleep. <laughs> um, so, um, 
so I, I've, I've done a lot of things like along. So first I was in seminary for five years, went and taught Catholic high school for two years. And they, they kept saying, you know, I wanted to have a big family and they're like, get out now. So I, I went into sales, did really well in sales, uh, worked for a manufacturing company. And, uh, and then from there, I started Catholic Apostolates. I started a company, VT Corporation, back in the 90s. That was a company that raised money for pro-life groups. You know, we used to, people used to love me because I used to write checks. So um, I didn't really know who my real friends were. I found out I really don't have any. So, um, oh, no. so I uh, started a company called um, Faith and Family Flicks in 2007. Um, started uh, a couple software companies, software products I created back in probably 2010. Uh, went into corporate insurance for three years when the housing market crashed. Um, hated that. Oh, hate. I mean, it was just, I just, even thinking about it, I just kind of get the little shiver that kind of goes back. You know what I mean? And, um, and that was, um, but I learned a lot. I mean, I, I hated every day of it. Um, as far as, you know, just have to go in a train in the city and I, I'm just not, that's not me. I'm not a corporate person per se. Um, so, um, and then from there, I, I, like I said, I started the software. Um, and then I, I worked with a, um, a social media company, uh, did some consulting, did a bunch of other consulting jobs along the way, but it wasn't until, and I started writing the book, geez, it probably decades ago. Uh, but then, you know, I've got eight kids, you know, beautiful wife, eight, eight living children. And, uh, and it just, any, you know, hope of writing a book was kind of had to be put on the shelf. Uh, cause again, it's, I, I call it the war zone. You know, we had, I think we had four kids in diapers at one time and yeah, we had a, we had a set of twins too. And, uh, you know, you're just, you know, you're just in survival mode. And, uh, but, but let me, let me add, and you're in that mode. so. You in in the book, James, are the new patriot. Uh, the new patriot is that family that lives, you know, their faith, their values, you know, love of country. Um, but you are the new patriot, and you are the reason that our country is going to come back. Um, you are a part of the triumph of the immaculate heart. Um, hmm. So it, you know, so that you know the the younger families. If there's any younger families watching, and and let me say something. If there's any moms watching. I want you to know that your vocation, no matter what priests say, your vocation is the most noble vocation on the planet. And uh, and even though you don't get a paycheck or whatever, don't ever forget that. Most noble on the planet. So, um, all right, where were we going? So, any, oh, so yeah, so I, I, I started writing the book decades ago, and then uh, it wasn't until, let me take you back 17 years. So 17 years, getting ready to jump in the shower. I was praying. I said, bless. I go, mother. I go, I don't call her blessing. Like, I call her mother. She's my mother. So I go, mother. I go, what's something I can do just for your son? And so this whole idea of a national Eucharist procession is like, boom, strong, you know, right, right in the core of my heart. And again, other different signs and, and such. So I tried to get it going and never was really the right time. And so um, it wasn't until, so my old, oldest son is a, he's a Franciscan friar of the renewal. So he's at the house. There's a couple like dedicated preachers there. So he found out about this whole um, uh, Eucharistic Congress, right, that they're having. And so when I found out about that, I reached out to Bishop Cousins and I says, we got to do this national Eucharistic procession. And long story short, 
they said yes. So so what I you know so I again I was like David dancing be- before the ark, man. My because I was going to be the director. I was like I was just dancing all around. I was like thank you God, you know. I was just on cloud nine, and I and I don't get excited easy, you know. I mean. Yeah, you get you get kicked enough. You you don't get too excited because you know it's like you just never know what's going to happen. So anyway, so I bring in my friend Bud Bud McFarlane, and I said, you know, help help me, you know, organize this thing. And so what happened then is that we both they've got a lot more competent people doing it. You know, they've got Tim Glumkowski and uh, you know a bunch of other people that younger, much you know much better. And so I'm you know I'm sure. Probably, probably good move. Whoever made the decision, good, good move. Um, but you know, I was a little bit devastated to start with, and then, um, and then you know, uh, my friend Bud, he said, you know, we we should really do, and it was his idea to do the the cross to basically take our Lord in the Eucharist from the north, south, east, and west. And so, when we, you know, when we kind of got squeezed out, he said, you know, what? we need to walk this thing. So. So he had a relic of the true cross. So um, so what we did, he, he started off on the north, we call it the north beam. Um, I helped him with the, the beam from the east. So I actually walked from the shrine of the Immaculate Conception uh, to the grotto at Notre Dame. So we, we walked from Marian wow. shrines. Yeah, north, south, yeah. east, and west. So I, um, and we were walking through the Appalachian Mountains. And uh, mm. man, there were times, this, I'm not, I'm not a young dude. So it was like, there were times where like every step, was just agony, you know, oh, and um, but it was prayerful. And again, you know, we were we were, we were doing it for a number of reasons. So we we're doing it for our country. We were doing it, you know, for marriage. Um, but also we were doing it in anticipation of our Lord, of our Lord in the Eucharist. So we really were kind of, you know, not John the Baptist, but we, you know, we really were kind of like um, making reparation and praying, you know, um, for the success of this eucharistic pilgrimage is going to happen which is going to be a huge thing and everybody i mean everybody needs to take part in that because that's that's a transformative thing and that's you know that was my dream is to take jesus out not in a you know not in a a, a procession but i call it a march because we're taking him out in battle we're you know, just like the you know the the hebrews took the ark of the covenant out right um we were taking we wanted to take jesus in you know the the very son of god you know, and basically taking him out and reconsecrating our land, um, you know, with his Eucharistic presence. So anyways, I'm I'm getting off on a tangent. So so we walked, you know, I walked probably, I was there for probably about 850 miles. And mm-hmm. um, and really it was from, it was from that pilgrimage that God gave me the, I, I believe that God gave me the grace to be able to write the book. And, you know, and, and I've gotten, you know, pray, praise God. Again, it's all gift. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not, I never wanted to be a writer. Um, you know, I'm, I never dreamed of it. I mean, I like to write. I've got, you know, I have more ideas, like when I take a shower in the morning than most people have, like in a month. You know what I mean? The, the synopsis are just firing. I'm like, you know, thinking of all these things. And, and they're not small things either. It's like, you know, you know, we want to create a, a parallel economy, you know, and, and you actually you'll see this in the next book. So there's a lot of ideas oh, okay. that that I right. that I wanted to do that are going to be in the next book. Um, but it really was from that, James. That I believe the grace was given from um, again when when I did the pilgrimage. You know, we're like we're we're hand to mouth like financially. You know, we back in '08 we lost we lost a, a ton. You know, with the housing crash, and um, 
so um so so i was like you know i really couldn't afford to do it but i really felt like you know god and through you know our, our blessed mother um you know that i should do it and so um so i really believe you know like the widows might you know when she put the two copper coins in i really feel like god saw those two copper coins and you know he he blessed me for it and um yeah and i you know loved writing the book i mean it was it was a blast i mean i in in i wrote most of it in the blessed sacrament chapel so um oh, yeah i, I yeah i mean my, i shouldn't say most of it i should a lot of it i wrote a lot of it in the blessed sacrament chapel and you know i'm i'm sitting there with my laptop and uh you know i'm going i and i stop and you know the, jesus in, in the monsters is exposed and and i'm like jesus i'm like what you know how should i say this or you know, uh, Vinny, his youngest brother, it's, you know, he's got a, he's got a nasty mouth and, and I wanted to make it authentic. So, you know, so we, we compromised. So, you know, I told Jesus, all right, I'll, I'll put F and star, star, star. And, you know, so, um, but it was, um, again, to, to do that in the presence of our Lord was really, uh, it was just a great gift to be able to do that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I, I spoke with, uh, Deacon Harold, Burke Sivers, and he did something very similar. Uh, a couple of his books that he's done, he said was all done in front yeah. of the Blessed Sacrament. So I, I love that too, because <laughs> I was just going to ask you too, because I know one of the characters ha- doesn't have the uh, the holiest of mouths. So how did oh, how no. did Jesus take on the sacrament? <laughs> oh yeah, right, right. Yeah, that was, uh, again, it was, you know, we had kind of like a uh, Jacob, Jacob and the, you know, the angel wrestling match, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it, okay, it was, so you- um, yeah, it was, it was, again, I, and I, t- and I talked to a bunch of people, talked to priests, spiritual director, because again, I don't, you know, the last thing I want to do is, is cause scandal. And, you know, and again, even, you know, even in the book, I mean, there are some things in the book that are, could be controversial, you know, and again, I don't take that lightly because I love the church. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's Christ's bride. Don't mess, you know, don't mess with Jesus's bride. You know, right, right. No, hundred percent. Yeah, and because I, I know, I mean, when we say it's fiction, but you know, it's not, it's not really fiction. Oh and, no, no. You know, there, there's there's more. There's truth. so many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many topics that you touch on, and so I, I mean, we can dive into those too. But yeah, there's like I said, I mean, Joe. I mean, is Joe based off a character, a conglomerate of multiple people in your he, life, or yeah, actually, he is. So um. So one, a good buddy of mine, John McGuire, you know, uh, ex-military guy. So, and I, and, you know, and it just, it, um, he, he loves it when I say that he's like, oh, you know, um, but, um, but yeah, there's actually a number of people that I based them on. I mean, you know, General Flynn, um, I, again, there's all these, you know, I, I just borrow different things from different people. Right. Um, but right. you know, but the main character, Joseph Salvatore, um, you know, he's meant to be, he's meant to be an iconic figure that, um, again, he is, you know, he is a man's man. I mean, he's, you know, he's masculine, but he's still, you know, sensitive, compassionate, caring, but he can still, you know, stick a knife in somebody's heart, twist it. And, you know, again, just, he's, he's doing his duty. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I try to, I try to make, again, for the first book, you know, you develop the character to a certain point, but, you know, in the second book, you know, it's going to go even deeper and, you know, and in third book, again, just, just going to continue to go deeper. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, I just you know I I wanted, and the reason I wrote it for men is because you know we've been getting our butts kicked. I mean you know as 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 you know as men you know we've been getting our butts kicked for decades, and I just wanted to give you know what um, I wanted to, I wanted to win. I wanted people to experience a win. You know what I mean? And and that's what Joe gives you. He gives you that that encouragement, that hope. And again, it makes you feel good to be a man. You know, when you read it, you're like, yeah, hell yes. It's like, you know, I mean, he's, Absolutely. you know, yeah, yes, you just, not, it's, I felt the same way. Yeah. It's like Walter Mitty, right? It's like, there I, you go. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's so, it's so great because again, all the things I wish I could say, all the things I wish I could do, I do it with this fiction, this fictional character, right? right. right. So it, it was a blast. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. I just want to take a brief moment to thank one of our sponsors, which is Mystic Monk Coffee. Now, Mystic Monk Coffee is... Thank you all so much for listening to another episode. I just want to take a brief pause and tell you about one of our sponsors. I want to thank Mystic Monk Coffee. For the best coffee for a great cause, we recommend Mystic Monk Coffee. Roasted with prayer by the Carmelite monks in Wyoming, Mystic Monk Coffee has the ultimate cup waiting for you. See more at mysticmonkcoffee.com. If you decide to support the podcast on our Patreon page at the $20 per month or above level, we will actually send you a free bag of Mystic Monk Monk Coffee of your choice and we'll even pay for shipping for you. As you all know, one of our missions with the podcast is to help support our priests as well. So what better way than to combine coffee with priesthood? I don't think there's a better combination, even better than peanut butter and jelly. And I love peanut butter. So go check out their website today, mysticmonkcoffee.com. You can also check out our website, support us on Patreon, and we'll send you that free bag of coffee. And that's enough of me chit-chatting. Let's get back to that amazing Manly Catholic episode. God bless. Living vicariously through Joseph Salvatore. That's, yeah, that's I think right. that that might be a um, what would you say a diagnosis somewhere in there, but it, it is you know what I don't care. I mean, I, I I had fun, and and again, the hope yeah, the hope is that um, again um, we want to draw men into what it means to be a man, but also draw them back to their their families, their wives. Um, what's important in life? I mean, I there are times in there when I'm writing, you know, in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel where I've got tears coming down my eyes. Because I'm in the moment, I'm in that, you know, that emotional moment where he's he's out on the porch with his brother smoking a cigar, where they're and they the family's just all around, just you know what I mean? And they're just soaking it in because that's just that's the richness, you know what I mean? That's that rich soil that's just loaded with gold. Yeah, I I mean there's so many things that you touched on, but I, I know marriage is one thing that really stands out uh throughout the book. Right. Um, both with his struggles uh, himself with his marriage, which you touch on too, um, but also the not only that, but with his brother, everything goes on with his marriage. Um, so I guess I, I guess we can kind of take a step back. At what would be I guess the general plot or synopsis of Catholic Joe for those of you who are are listening? And you know, obviously it's it's a page turner and it's 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 high action, so to speak. But what would you say would be the the overarching plot for those of you? those of us who are listening. So, yeah, it really is it really is marriage. It, it it's again, you know, Joe, so Joe's a lieutenant general, high level, just, you know, he's one of those um kinesthetic men that just 
has everything. You know what I mean? I didn't want to make him too perfect. That's why, um, you know, he had he's you know he struggled. He struggled with uh, you know when he was wounded, heavily wounded, struggled with painkillers and you know, got addicted to the opioids and just turned in, into kind of a you know a you know kind of a mean dude. And um, and I love the way the and I, I shouldn't I shouldn't share too much. But the thing is, is that, you know, he's this kinesthetic dude that um, has all these gifts. Um, but I wanted to I really wanted to focus on on marriage. So he goes out, finds out his youngest brother, Vinny, is getting divorced. Um, so he gets he gets woke out of the military. Right. So woke W.O.K.E. Woke. And he flies out. And again, like two good Italian brothers. Uh, they beat the crap out of each other. And then they, you know, then they're hugging and kissing, you know, when it's over. And, uh, um, and the, you know, and, and Joe's like, listen, Vinny, you know, this is not how we were raised. They were raised in a very strong, traditional Catholic family. And so, um, and so, you know, and that's where it starts. And, you know, and again, you know, Joe's on a mission. Joe is a, he's a brilliant strategist and he knows, he knows what the goal is. You know, and so he just kind of like each, each step along the way. He knows you, you know, you can't push too hard. So again, he just, you know, he just kind of keeps that little slight pressure um, at every way that he can. And then uh, again, you know, the, the goal is is his brother and and uh, his impending divorce. And so with that, with that, he finds out, you know, he asks himself, how could this happen? How could, you know, somebody who's been brought up so solidly, you know, just fall so far off the rails? And so, um, so he starts peeling the onion with, you know. His marriage prep and all these different things, and finds out that the bishop and the diocese. So anyway, so he gets kind of gets sucked into the more from the micro right to the macro, and he realizes this is just this this problem is just you know it's it's it's, it's Leviathan, and so he realizes that this demon of divorce is just just huge and consuming, and so he realizes that you know he's got to do something on a macro level. So he kind of starts peeling away in the church itself. And so that's where it gets a little bit controversial because, you know, he takes on some bishops and, you know, and, and part of the, the plot is, you know, he, he uncovers, um, you know, corruption, you know, and again, this is stuff that's, it's fiction, but, you know, I did a lot of research on it. I talked to a lot of people um, that really, really know um, um, guy by the name of Philip Nielsen had the red cap report. Um, he actually hired, you know, um, ex FBI intelligence, you know, Catholic, um, to, um, to do research on the Cardinals because last, at last, the last conclave, you know, with, uh, when Pope Francis was elected, you had Cardinals going on Wikipedia to find out about other Cardinals. And, you know, Wikipedia is a mm. CIA tool. Um, I mean, it's definitely mm. not something you want to use for, for Intel or for data. Um, so, um, so that's why he created it. And, you know, and what he found, you know, his, his, actually his wife says, you got, you know, you got to quit this because it was just bringing him down because he was finding out all this stuff. And, um, but I, but I talked to him, I've talked to, um, so a guy that I went on retreat with, he was on SEAL Team 6. He gave me some really good intel as far as, you know, what, how certain things would be, you know, how how certain actions would take place um, uh, on the military. And then also I had a, like a full bird colonel who, excoriated me just got in my grill because i i made the mistake i made the mistake of calling a marine soldier and so he was like you know he was he was all in my stuff and uh and i and i would get thankfully you know thankfully 
I, you know, I, I went through everything and, you know, and he, he was okay with it. Cause, um, so a friend of mine, um, his brother is a four-star general and he, he had, you know, oh. Marine and, uh, he, yeah. you know, he, the guy, you know, he's reading the book. So I'm like, dude, I hope it's, I hope it's good. Cause I sure as heck don't want, you know, four-star general to go, you know, you got this wrong. Um, anyways, it was, it was fun. You know, did a lot of research, um, you know, um, like Father uh, Muir, I don't know if you're familiar. So his book Murder in the Thirty Third Degree talks about oh, yeah. Freemasonry, yeah, in the, in the church, yeah. and you know, and just again use things like that. Even though it's fiction, there's a lot of truth in there. No, there is, and, and like I said, it, I mean, marriage is is gosh, it's so important. And I mean, what is it? Our, I mean, our Blessed Mother, she said, the the last battle is going to be oh, the battle for you the hit family. It. You hit right? it. That's, I mean, that's, that's it. Yeah, we know. I mean, we're not really surprised. And, you know, especially with the research that you've done and, you know, uh, contraception and um, vasectomy, which I know is a topic in the book, too. And these things that are so culturally normal to us now, we don't realize how devastating it actually has been to marriage is around the world. And, you know, I know you mentioned, too, the the marriage prep as well. And I kind of wanted to ask you about that, too, because. You know, you you dive into something that, uh, you know, like you mentioned, the marriage is, is something that okay. How are we being catechized with marriage in our in our pre marriage and our pre Canaan and things like that? But like okay, and then you it goes up to this is like the bishop's baby, uh, who ends up being a corrupt bishop and things like that. So, I guess with all the research that you've done with this, Steve, mm-hmm. I guess what was the most surprising or maybe unsettling thing that you discovered, maybe you knew about, but you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know the extent of it, or, oh, I, this totally caught me off surprise. I always like to ask, what was the most surprising? Because I know how much research goes into a book mm-hmm. uh, that you found uh, when yeah. doing this. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode. I just want to take a quick break to thank one of our sponsors, which is Exodus 90. Now, I know many of you have heard of this program before, Exodus 90. Most of you think of the really cold showers, but it is so much more than that. It is a program that has helped thousands of men throughout the world. It works on your discipline, not only spiritually, but also physically, which includes the cold showers, but it also includes increasing your prayer time, encouraging you to do a holy hour of prayer every day, and they walk you through how to do that. But it has given so many men so much more freedom, not only away from their phone, but also more freedom with their children and their spouses as well. I cannot recommend this program enough. I am currently, at the time of this recording, in the middle of St. Michael's Land, but I've also done Exodus 90 in the past. I plan on doing it again in the future. Uh, Right now, you can have get a seven-day free trial with their app. Their app is incredible, not only to have Exodus 90, but they also have other programs that you can do as well, like I mentioned, the St. Michael's Land. You can do, uh, like I said, seven-day free trial, and then you can go $10 a month or $90 for the full year, which is uh, saving 25% on the app. Cannot recommend this program enough. I will leave a link in the show notes for you guys to download the app and also check out their website. They have so much great content coming up, blog posts, social media content, everything like that. Make sure you guys check out Exodus 90. All right. Now, let's get back to that episode. Yeah, no, so... I'll be honest with you. Um, nothing really surprised me. I've seen, I, I mean, seriously, I, you know, when I was in the seminary, it was a horrible time to be in the seminary. I mean, it was, um, you know, just 
you know, the sexual promiscuity, the homosexuality. I mean, it was just, it was rampant. And in fact, I think I did, I did an interview for Michael Rose in Goodbye Good Men in his book, um, mm-hmm. because I shared, I mean, it was just, you know, again, I, I've seen the underbelly, you know, the underbelly of the, of the church. I've seen the worst. I mean, I've experienced that, you know what I mean? I've, so I, so nothing, I mean, really, you know, maybe there was, one. maybe there, so, so I had talked to this one guy and he talked about how um, they had actually tied this one bishop to human trafficking. And I thought that's pretty, you know, not shocking, but it's, 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 it's pretty appalling. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, so, so that was, that was shocking. And a lot of people were um, really, um, you know, they, uh, they did not like that. I put that in there, but it, you know, it is what it is. Um, but um, yeah, no, I, um, it, you know, the comments you made about, our blessed mother and what she said about, you know, the final battle would be over marriage. No. And that's exactly, you know, I, I mean, I really feel, I mean, I've got a devotion to our blessed mother and I really feel like, you know, she's put me in this place um, for the, for that reason, you know, to be a part of not, you know, I'm not like Joe where I'm leading the church militant, you know, but, but in in my own way, um, again, this is the battle over marriage. And it's something that, we all should be willing to die for. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, you know, and, um, and just so you know, I'm not suicidal. All right. If anything happens to me after writing the book, uh, um, but, um, no, but it, it, but it's, again, it's, you know, this, this is the battle. I mean, so when I was a kid, I remember my reversion was, I, um, I think it was in high school, about 16, 17 parents, parents had gotten divorced. And I picked up this little booklet, this little mother of Christ crusade, a little white booklet. But it was on Fatima. And I just remember reading about these children and, you know, uh, sacrificing and souls going into hell like like snowflakes. And I was like, I mean, think about it. It's one thing to read about it. And, you know, and it's like, oh, it's horrible. But I mean, the reality of that, the reality of it, you know, that that that's happening, you know, it's just I, I just, you know, it's just mind boggling. And, and the fact that we can do something about that, you know, and she said, you know, our blessed mother said. You know, souls are going to hell because there's nobody to pray or sacrifice for them, and uh, that you know that really that that hit me, and uh, and it really changed changed my life, the trajectory of my life, and I feel like you know she's she's you know I, for the longest time I didn't even know who Jesus was really. I mean, I didn't have that really personal strong relationship where I you know, but it wasn't in, probably until the last I don't know eight eight years or so that I really just really started to getting to know Christ and really to just forge that friendship and that bond with him. So um, anyways, I don't know how I got off that tangent, but yeah, anyways. Do you still have that book, Steve? The little uh, white book? You know what? It's, um, it's probably in the archive somewhere. We've, um, um, my wife is a pack rat, so we've got boxes and storage bins. Oh, I see the nod there. You All right, we share something in common. That's good. Uh, <laughs> Um, but I love her to death. I do to death. Um, yeah, but I'm sure I still have it. Yeah. So, uh, I guess for someone, maybe some of our non-Catholic listeners, I mean, cause you touch on things, like you said, you've seen the underbelly of the church and it's not pretty. So how, you know, for someone like you, how do you remain strong? I mean, cause clearly you're on fire for the faith, despite what you've seen. What is, what keeps you going? 
and, and what makes you strive to continue this fight that is a very valiant fight, but one that one can easily get discouraged of because of, again, things you've seen or things that you're seeing around the world and just keep fighting, keep moving forward. Yeah. Um, so the answer to that is God's grace. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, <laughs> really, I mean, and that's the thing, the older you get, the more you realize it, 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 it really, again, God works within our will. Um, but everything, everything is on God. Everything, everything is gift. Everything I go to, I try to go to adoration every day, you know, go to mass every day and just spend time with our Lord in the Eucharist. So I, anybody that's listening, if you are Catholic or if, even if you're not Catholic, I would always recommend spend at least some time every day with our Lord in the Eucharist because it will change your life. Uh, and, you know, things will happen there that you won't, you won't understand fully. But I'm just saying miracles happen there. And that's, that's the thing that's helped me is that, and, you know, my devotion to our Blessed Mother, um, again, my wife, she's been a great support for me. Um, and yeah, so I, I, you know, I just, uh, that's, those are the kind of the non-negotiables, you know, say the rosary every day, um, mass most days, unless something happens, uh, and then adoration, which I've been fortunate with, with what I do now, I've got plenty of time to spend with our Lord and, you know, and I love it, man. I just, I love sitting in there, just sitting with him and, and just sometimes just being with it, being there with them. You know, sometimes I don't say anything. Sometimes I fall asleep, you know, like the uh, first holy hour of our apostle brothers. Um, but, uh, but that's pretty much where it comes from. Beautiful. No, I love that. Now, was there a character for you, Joe, going back to the book that I guess you have like a fondness for or one that you, uh, maybe it's like an underlying character, maybe not one of the main characters that you really love to develop. And I'm sure all of your characters are very near and dear to you, but is there one in particular that really stands out to you that you kind of embrace as, as your baby, so to speak? Um, well, obviously the main character, you know, is complex. You, you know, you, again, you, you, he's probably the one I spent the most time with developing uh, his character. And again, you know, tweaking, you know, he can't be too perfect, but again, he, you know, somebody that's strong. So I, you know, I think the main character is, is, um, probably the one I would want to emulate the most. Um, because again, he, you know, he, he kicks butt and takes names and he gets, he gets stuff done. Um, probably Eddie B. So do you remember Eddie B in the book? Oh yeah, I do. So, remember Eddie. so he was, he was based on, uh, really a, a friend of mine who's just crazy, you know, crazy, um, in a good way. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think that character, um, you know, Eddie B is a street person that lives on the street and, uh, and he's a, you know, kind of a mystical figure, likes to drink, likes to smoke. Uh, but, but somebody that is, um, I think people really like, and they, they want to, they want to know more about him because I've had people tell me that, you know, they, they really like that character. Um, so he was kind of fun. And I think that his story is kind of a fun story. You know, when you when he kind of reveals, you know, why he's on the streets and, you know, what he's doing on the streets. And, you know, um, so I think I liked him. And uh, oh, I like uh, Father McCloskey. So. Yes. So I um, I really liked, you know, kind of building that character out because I love I love the priesthood. I, again, I was in the seminary for five years. Really wanted to be a priest, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't for me. It wasn't, it wasn't God's will. Um, but, um, but I really liked that character. I liked, I liked having a strong, you know what I mean? He was a strong priest. He was somebody that would get in your grill and 
you know, might even slap you around uh, a little bit. Um, yeah, that that was a fun one too. How about you? Ask- How about you, James? What was your well, what was your favorite well, character? Well, the one that intrigued me the most was another priest, Father. I'm probably going to butcher his name. Was it Sudak? Sudak. Yeah. Sudak. Yeah. Yeah. Was that someone that you based off of? I mean, it's okay if you don't want to reveal it, but he's almost like a mystic. No, he he was a mystic, it seemed like. It's actually a real person. Um, Oh, really? Oh, wow. So if you look look him up, you know, he actually had the, so he actually has the cross on his forehead, the that will bleed and yeah, he, um, so he, he's a real figure and I, he's one of the few, he's one of the few people that I didn't change his name just because I wanted people to find out about him. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah. So yeah, he was, he was always cool to put, you know, to kind of put that mystical spin on things. Um, and that was, you know, and that was fun too, is, um, is being able to go deep theologically. Um, just cause again, you, you know, I mean, I've been on this journey since I've been 16. So probably, you know, it's been over 40 some years um, that I've been on this journey of really wanting to know who Christ is. And, you know, and yeah, and 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 I think I feel like I've got all this, you know, this knowledge and stuff that I just want to share. And so it, it's a great opportunity to kind of, you know, kind of write that in uh, in different circumstances. I, I really enjoy that. Yeah, I'll have to look him up. Father Sudak. Yeah. That's well I I want to shift gears here a little bit, Steve, sure. because I know writing a book like this, especially when you're top, touching on topics like we mentioned, the the final battle in marriage. Mm-hmm. Also going after uh, you know, some corruption in the church. I'm assuming I could be wrong, that you probably have been under maybe some spiritual attack as well with everything going on. Could you uh expand on that a little bit if i'm off base at all or if you notice any uh particular uh, attempts by the devil and his demons to to kind of get under your skin so to speak hello everyone thank you so much for listening to the podcast i just want to take a quick break to thank one of our sponsors which is Tan Books. Tan Books is a family-owned traditional Catholic publishing company whose mission is to help people become saints. They believe it is their duty to preserve and promote the spiritual, theological, and liturgical traditions of Holy Mother Church, especially in challenging times. At Tan, they offer a wide variety of resources to help individuals on their journey to holiness. With over 1,000 titles ranging on topics from theology, scripture, church history, and even books designed just for men. TAN aims to provide valuable knowledge and guidance that can help strengthen your faith and inspire spiritual growth. Join Father Dom and myself on this journey to become saints. Visit TANBooks.com and be sure to use the code MANLYCATHOLIC at checkout to get 15% off your order and also help to support the podcast. Together, let's strive to become saints, aligning our lives with the teachings of the church and fulfilling our mission to bring Christ to the world. Thanks for listening. And let's get back to that episode. Well, so um, what I did is I had a lot of masses said. Um, I, I reached out to the poor Claire's. In fact, I just called them today. Is it, or is it yesterday? I called all the, like the, all the poor Claire monasteries. Um, in fact, I'm sending books to all of them. Um, yes. But I asked, yeah, but I asked for their prayers for protection. 
for you know for god's grace and again i really don't i don't worry too much about the enemy because the enemy can only do as much as god allows him to do and um you know and again i do i mean there's a lot of things i do prayer wise so like father ripinger you know somebody i like and and know um but one of the things he said which i always remembered is he said there's only two doorways that satan has access to and that's our imagination and our memory. So what I'll do is, again, because I came from such a dark, you know, like uh, childhood um, growing up, there's a lot of pain, a lot of woundedness. Um, you know, there was a lot of demons really to like, you know, kind of exercise. And so what I'll do is I'll, you know, ask Christ to cover my family and myself with his precious blood, especially, you know, my imagination. And my memory. Yeah, and the, the poor Claire's are, gosh, if you guys ever need prayers, yeah. spiritual protection, or the Carmelites as well. I uh, I interviewed Dr. Uh, Dan Schneider, mm. and uh, he was a, oh gosh, he was a helicopter pilot in the military. But anyways, he's saying whenever, you know, there's something going on, he said, <laughs> he always calls upon, he has a local Carmelite near his home, and he always asks for their prayers. He, when he went and spoke with him, he said, you guys... You guys are like the snipers mm. in the spiritual warfare battle. You guys are just you're in you're in here in your cloister, but Secret. you're just picking off the enemy one by one. He says your prayers are powerful. And he said a a nun a a woman came up to him after and she was like in tears. And she goes, "You get us. You get what we're doing here." Because people are like, "Why would you like cloister yourself up and like you're not doing anything?" But no, their prayers are are potent and powerful. So never ever discount that so the fact that you do that on a consistent basis is is so oh, yeah. huge and yeah i mean we, because yeah i mean when you do work for the church you are going to get attacked spiritually um you know father lamper who i've interviewed i know who you know personally as well i mean he talks about all the time you know it's it's nothing to be afraid of right but yeah it is it is going to happen but it's just preparing yourself and making sure you're in a state of grace going to confession as often as possible and if you do that you have really have nothing to worry about so the yeah. simple things that we can do yeah, uh, but 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 to there. your point though, you know, I mean, there have been, there have been attacks, and there have been, you know, again, it, you know, it's it's funny. So my wife and I used to teach natural family planning, and um, okay, and every night we were supposed to teach, we'd be like at each other's throats, like you know, like just vicious, and then finally after like the, what you know, the again when you, I mean, think about it, if you talk to a couple, and they're like. They get it, and they bring just one more soul into the world. I, and I always, I always tell people, you know, if this book can save one marriage, if it can bring one child into the world, then then I've succeeded. You know what I mean? I mean, that again, it, because it, what what gift and what value is it to bring a soul, a child to God? How, how much value is it to save a marriage? You know what I mean? Because all this, you know, all the, the problems, most of the problems in the world are because of marriage. I mean, marriage is, you know, if you have strong marriages, you have a strong society, strong culture. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah, yeah the, the demise of society has, has definitely correlated with the demise of marriage. I think you can see that everywhere, you know, single right. motherhood and divorce rates are rampant. And, you know, the, the sad part is, you know, most Christians, uh, their divorce rate is not much different than. You know, in the secular world as well, which is hey, I think that's in the book, right? I, I know mean, it they, is. That's, yes, it's... And, and you know what he says to him, right? Fix it, I, and, yeah, emphatically. 
fix it. Yes. You know, I got, I got your, uh, I got this thing here. You better fix it. Otherwise, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start picking you off. Um, that was so much fun, right? You have no idea, man. I, you know, I've had this stuff bottled up for decades. You know, when we used to teach NFP and, you know, we'd get ostracized and, you know, we got kicked out of this and that because, you know, I mean, I, I'd be teaching NFP and, you know, the other couples are, you know, contracepting and, and they're, they're like, well, you know, you can use contraception, just follow your conscience. We're like, no, no, that's not what the church teaches. You know, and right. we've had bishops that would, you know, refuse to make this a part of marriage prep. And, you know, and again, um, that's, I mean, that's, that's heinous because you're not, I mean, think about it. If you had a 60% failure rate in, in holy orders, you, you better darn well bet they're going to change something. And, you know, again, that type of a, a failure rate in marriage is unacceptable. And that's something that just, it just fries my egg. And, that, you know, again, that's why, again, that's why I write the books. And that's why, you know, I go after some of the bishops. Um, because, listen, um, if it was something innocuous, it wasn't, you know, but this is something that is destroying, you know, this is, again, if you, you want your church to be vibrant, you got to fix marriage. You know, you'll never have a culture of life, a springtime of faith, a civilization of love. You'll never have any of that if you can't fix marriage. And you got to start with the hard, the hard things. And that's why this next book, oh, it's going to be so good because, you know, um, I can't say anything about it, but but they're going to oh, deal. No, <laughs> Steve, come on. Oh, no. Jeez, give I us a nugget. Give us a nugget. All right. I'll, well, I'll give is- you. I'll give you okay. one nugget. All right. All right. I'll give you one yeah. nugget. Yeah. This is um, exclusive sneak preview to the Manly Catholic listeners. It is only you. I've been, I haven't said this to, I haven't said it to my wife. Um, maybe I did. Oh, I'm wow. Lying. I'm lying. Oh wow. Um, okay. No. So here's a nugget. So a priest. All right. I'm going to tell you the one. I'm going to tell you the one that I didn't tell you yet. All right. Okay. Um, okay. So a priest who's a part, kind of part of the cabal. He's you know, he's um, kind of in it for the wrong reasons, and they're going to ordain him a bishop, right? And so, so at the moment they ordain him a bishop, he just goes out. And, they, and they're like, you know, did he have a stroke? Did he, you know, they didn't know what it was. Um, I mean, it was a moment where he just went out. And what happened is that God gave him a vision of his position, his place in hell. And so, and so that rock, obviously that rocks him, right? Yeah. I mean, nothing could rock you. I can't think of anything that would rock you more than knowing where your place in hell is. Like St. Sure. Teresa of Avila, I think she, I think she may have experienced that once. Yeah, she um, did. Yeah, it was her. Yeah. Um, but that, so you, I haven't told anybody this, but, Man. and then what happens then is this Joe Salvatore keeps coming to his mind. So he calls Joe. And that's as much as I'm going to tell you. The rest you, but... is history, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's... I got yeah. chills, man. Yeah. That... So are all the priests, are, are they based off of real-life characters? I mean, I know you mentioned a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's a canon lawyer. and Okay, so they all have some correlation to Yeah, they're life. all, yeah, they're it's... all, um, again, they're all bits and pieces of different priests and different people. So when when is the, do you have a release date for the second book? Are you still working on it? Or do you have Bro, a timeline? Bro, I got to. You... I gotta sell the first one, man. And, and listen, well, anybody well, listening? You're working on the second one, yeah. Yeah, I'm working yeah, on it. Where, we, where, where do we get the book, Joe? Or, I uh, called you Joe, Steve. <laughs> no, no. You know, I gotta show you something. And so, you know, I had him design this book, and you see where it says superhero over my name. My yeah. wife, of course, she goes, 
what do you what do you think you're a superhero or something? I go, you know, you should change it. I'm like, you know, I don't. I, I'm definitely not a. I'm not changing it. Right, it's just gonna stay. Um, no, so we're still, you know, striving for. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, actually, the um, I figure once I start full time, yeah, you know, it's gonna take me, you know, probably about six months to to finish okay. it. Um, okay. But I have. Um, but again, I got to get this book out. And so, so right. anybody, anybody watching, if you're Catholic or even if you're not Catholic, I've had non-Catholics read it. And you know the the funny thing is, is I wrote it for men. I've had so many women, I've so many women that just love it, and I was just shocked. So my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law, Mary Olson, she read it. She goes, I couldn't put it down. She goes, It's two a.m. I'm, and she goes, my eyes are burning and I'm like, I can't put it down. And, you know, and she gave me a great compliment. She goes, you know, she goes, I wish she goes, I wish I would have read this before I got married because it would have helped me be a much better wife. And I thought, mm. you know what, that was a that was a really cool compliment, you know. Um, oh, here, let me let me share another story. So. So my sister, um, who's a she's a lib and she's highly educated. Uh, I love her to death. I, listen, I I love you, Debbie. Um, she said she's going to read it, and I go, oh, 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 this should be good. You know, th- I can't wait to you know Thanksgiving uh, dinner table for oh, yeah. uh, for this conversation. And um, and she read it, and she goes, um, and she was in tears. She goes, I never realized how deep and how beautiful our Catholic faith was, because uh, she had fallen away. And she goes, I'm, you know what? She's, I'm, I'm going back to church. And I thought mm. that was like probably the greatest compliment that God, you know, could have given me in what she said. You know, and I, again, I've had other other people, you know, kind of say similar things that, you know, uh, you know, I, again, I, I just I'm just so grateful because, you know, so I had a guy that um, probably one of the top, probably one of the top Catholic book reviewers. He did. I think he did over 400 reviews last year. I mean, oh my that's gosh. insane. It's like Jeez. more than. More than one a day. I'm like, he's got. He's this guy has some superhuman like ability to read, like you know. Some of some of it's audio. He'll listen to audio books. He likes doing that. Um, but um, you know, he said so. He re- first of all, he goes, um, I should just read it for you. But he he goes, Do it. he goes, I was he goes, I was really like apprehensive because of all the hype and and he goes, but that apprehens apprehension was unfounded. He goes, he goes, mm-hmm. the book was incredible. Um, and here's here's probably the greatest compliment. He goes, um, he goes. I liken it to a Catholic Jack Reacher or Catholic Jason uh, yeah. Bourne. I was like, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I was like, <laughs> that that was like that was like music, um, because that's you know that's kind of like what he is. Um, so um, yeah, so he was very um, you know he he goes for a first novel. He goes, you know, I think he put me in his top ten. I mean. You know, I, wow. yeah, but, Congrats, but, um, Steve. yeah, yeah, thanks. But he was really complimentary. And, you know, the person that edited the book, she's edited other Catholic books. Um, you know, she goes, the book was riveting. And again, I, I, I am grammatically, I just, I'm suck, man. I'm just horrible. And she's like, I see all these, she send back like a physical manuscript, you know, with all these red dots. And cause she did it for free. Right. Cause, cause I'm like hand to mouth. And, uh, but even despite all that, she goes, the book was riveting. She goes, they have to make a movie about it. So, so we do, I mean, so Jim Cavizio, if you're watching this, um, 
you you know you could be Catholic Joe, maybe Cat- Mark Wahlberg. No. Yeah, maybe oh, Mark, Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg. If we get you know if we get Jonathan the... Rumi. Yeah, yeah, Jonathan Rumi. Well, he's too you nice. He's too. He, I mean, what 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 character <laughs> would he play? He's just too nice. You he could, could be. He, uh... Could he be Eddie? He could be the because he could be the mysterious <laughs> Eddie, Eddie B. B. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan Rumi. See, we're casting. We're yeah, casting that's cool. for, for some roles. You know? Yeah, he could do that. We just we we need snarky people. We we want holy, uh, but we want holy and snarky at the same time. Okay. Right. You know, it's yeah. Um, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to work on that, James, for the uh, well, for the casting. Yeah. If you need any help with casting, just let me know. I, I'll, I'll reach out to all the people I know for you. Please, you you tell you know, tell your people, and I'll tell my people, and we'll there we go. We'll, we'll get, get the done. ball rolling on a movie for you for sure. All right, so sure. all right, so is there? I know you have a, a second one that you're slowly working on. Are you planning on this becoming like a series of books, or is it just we're just taking it one book at a time? No, it's a series, so we'll probably do at least okay. three. Um, but we'll okay. see how it goes because. Because again, ideally, we want it to be a, um, we want to start with a movie, but we want it to be a like a film series. We want it to keep going, okay. you know, Netflix yeah. type thing. Um, so again, the you know, it's, I mean, you know, we we need a superhero. I remember I was at a talk with uh, Kevin O'Brien. Um, he's got Heroic Man, I think. Um, oh up, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's Heroic Man, or yeah, uh, um, but. Uh, he was giving a talk down down by me, and he kept he kept going. He goes, "We need a we need superheroes. We need." To, and I'm thinking to myself, "Oh, I'm like shaking and stuff. Like I want to talk to him after the the talk." And and so I I sent him a copy of the book. I don't know if he's read it yet, but I know they're getting ready for a big conference March 9th up in Milwaukee. Um, but yeah, no, I'm um we're you know I'm working on it I, again. I've got a marketing. You know, it's easy to write the book. It's marketing that sucks. It's like, you, I mean, there's so much stuff you have to do. There's so many different variables. And again, I'm doing everything pretty much myself. Um, although I do have to, I've got some people helping me now. So I've just hired a publicist. And But if anybody wants to help fund uh, this movement, um, you know, um, feel free to reach out. James is going, no, no, fund me. Really? You know, all these Catholics are fighting for money. You know what I mean? It's like, no, no. No, no, give me, give me, give me, give me. I need, I need. Well, so, well, if people are interested, though, where can they, where can they donate? Just superhero uh, at gmail dot com. Just email me, and then, uh, and then the website is catholicjoesuperhero dot com. Um, Perfect. Yeah, that's you know you can buy the book there, and uh, actually we ra- we ran out of books, so we've got another uh, print coming. And um, and here's another story. So how much time we got? How much time we need? Okay, keep so, going. So we got. Um, Again, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm praying all the time. You know, I'm like, God, listen, if you want this, I mean, at first, like, I had no books. I had no, I had no books. I'm like, you know, I wrote the book. It's on Amazon, so you know, you, they, they kind of print on demand. You don't, you don't make squat on Amazon. It's, it's, um, and plus, it's a giant evil behemoth that, um, they do a lot of things we don't like. But I had no money. I'm like, God, if listen, if you, if you want me to do this, I, I, you know, I. And so this, um, so this guy, a friend of mine, really was, you know, was on hard times, uh, moved out, you know, he went through a divorce, uh, taking care of his his ninety three old dad, great guy, um, you know, he reads he reads the book. I think I sent him a copy um, from Amazon. I I sent him a copy, and um, he read it, and he goes, you know, it was for him, it was it was life changing, and so 
um, he goes, I want to, I want to buy you some books. So, um, so he bought me like a thousand dollars worth of, he put on his credit card. I mean, the guy has no money. He put on his credit card that, you know, you know, thousand dollars, just under a thousand dollars. And, um, but I just, you know, little things like that. Then I had a guy, um, who I, I knew, but I didn't know him super well. He, he goes, Hey, I'd like to get together with you. And I go, okay. And so I, I met him at Gibson Steakhouse, which is really nice. And uh, again, very wealthy guy, young guy, younger than me and, you know, very wealthy. And, um, you know, we're talking for about three hours and, um, and he's had some great experiences too. Oh my goodness. Um, he goes, you know what he goes, I think um, I want to buy you, I'm going to buy you 10,000 books. And I was like, you know, he goes, first he goes, do you, do you, he goes, do you think you could sell 10,000 books? I go, hell yes. Again, you know, selling 10,000 books in the Catholic market is like, it's like milking a, a male, a male bull. You know, It's like, but, but the, uh, but um, I said, yeah, hell yeah. And, you know, and again, I, I plan on selling more than that. Um, and so he bought me 10,000 books and, you know, yeah, yeah. And Amazing. yeah. And he threw in a little extra cash too. here, just take a little pressure off. I was like, thank you. Here's another thing. So I'm in the I'm in the adoration chapel and the votive candle had gone out and there was a bunch of candles, but um so I was changing the candle and this a friend of mine, you know, walked in and he had this really funny look on his face. And and right at that at that time, I like I had no idea like like you know what I was gonna use to buy food. But again, I I trust, you know what I mean? I say the surrender novena like in my sleep. It's like yes. you know what I mean, it's like yeah. it's on auto. But um this guy walks up to me and he hands me this envelope and it's loaded with cash. And, and again, it was, you know, I, I, right at that time I was just praying. I'm like, God, um, I, you know, Jesus, I trust in you. I just, you know what? And, and again, it's, it's a battle. It's not just like, I trust, I just trust in you and it's, it's over. It's like, no, it's like, you know, you, you say it, you want to mean it. You want to just, you know, you want it to become part of you. And, but no, I mean, God has always, always taking care of us and you know we've we've gone through tough times i mean as a family you know our one son struggled with mental illness um you know was incarcerated for geez you know for seven years and um it just extremely you know challenging times and you know our oldest like i said our oldest son is with the cfrs you know i mean it's like you just you know i mean you it's like there's got and again but you know with our son with with the mental illness it brought such grace and such blessing to our our home um because of it because it really changed my heart you know how i looked at people you know that are in prison that are in mental illness that you know live in the streets um just totally changed my whole outlook um and and again and our son is you know he's a thousand times better um again i th- i think he's better than when he went in i mean when I, when he wasn't sick he you know he's got such a compassionate and giving heart I mean, just so proud of him. Actually, so proud of all of our kids. All, all of our eight children, um, they love God. They love God with their whole hearts. And I'm like, you know, because sometimes with you know businesses fail, you you can, you you can fall into that temptation of feeling like you're a failure. But then I always go back to, you know what? My kids love God, and the, and it's like, you know, the smile comes back on, because uh, that really that's what it's all about is getting your your I mean, yourself, your spouse, and your kids in the habit. Hundred percent. Amen. That is what it's all about. You know, and it's so it's so funny that you know, the surrender novena is it's such a simple prayer. But it's so 
powerful. And I think if, if more Catholics would actually live that out, just truly surrendering all to God. I mean, just like, I mean, all the stories you've shared, Steve, I mean, what God does with what little we give him, I mean, he can, he can literally change the world, you know, and it's yep. just about giving up. I mean, everything we have is a gift from God. Anyways, he gave us all the gifts. We might as well give it back to him. Let him actually do what he needs to do. Amen. So. It's like that parent. <laughs> it's like that parent that gives the kids like $10 to go buy the parent a gift or something. You know what I mean? It's like, right, it, right. It, yeah, it's no, no different. Let me tell you something. So, and I, it, I just want to tell people, I want, I want this message to go out to all the world. But the triumph, the triumph of the Immaculate Heart is already underway. It's already mm. underway. The triumph of the Immaculate Heart is already begun. So anybody that's discouraged, push it away. Total BS. The triumph has already started. And, and again, it's, it started in families like you, James, and the, uh, the people that are listening. It's, it's already begun. And I just want to tell people that, you know, again, you get all these people that are just so overwhelmed, you know, this and that and Pope Francis. And it's like, you know what? It's, it's always darkest before the dawn. The dawn is getting ready to come. And not to say that we're not going to suffer. And again, I always tell God, I'm like, God, if, if suffering is going to bring more souls to you, then, then bring it. You know, he's a good father. He's a good father. And he wants the best for us. And sometimes the best is taking get, getting taken out to the woodshed, and you know, and getting a, getting the strap, <laughs> and you oh, know, yeah. yeah. But but the but I just want people to be hopeful. I mean, there's great reason to be hopeful, and you know, again, even the stuff that's going on in the church, it's a distraction. It's from Satan. It just wants to distract you. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, adoration every day. Again, like you said, confession you know, on a regular basis. You know, go in there, get clean, and go to mass as much as you can. Uh, but we, you know, we're winning. We're winning, man. And that's that's the beautiful thing. Is that you know, I know that our blessed mother has put all of us, you, James, and all these other people out there in all these places, and these these sprouts are starting to come out. And again, this book, um, this is um, it's cheap commercial. Now, this book is a part of that. It's a part of the triumph of the immaculate heart. It's a part of it because, again, that battle over marriage, that battle over marriage is being waged, and 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 we're going to win. But we got to fight. We can't we can't give up one inch. Uh, we got to we got to fight like Democrats. All right. I'm sorry if I could get put. I just pissed off. Well, no, actually, probably not. I was going to say not, not half of your half of your people watching right now. Oh no, we've talked about things that I'm sure have yeah. turned off people. You've, so. you've already. Yeah. You've already weeded we've already, those out. We've already weeded them out, Steve. So don't even worry about it. All right, cool. Well, All hey, right. there's a reason that you know hope is one of the three theological virtues. So mm. never ever lose hope. I think right. that was you know one of the main messages messages of tonight, especially with your marriage, and whether you're married or divorced or you're mm. discerning marriage, you know always take it to God. Go to adoration. Go to daily mass. Always bring it to Him, and He'll take care of the rest for you. Amen. So, Steve, for for all of our listeners who want to buy ten thousand copies of your book, <laughs> is Amazon the best way, or go no, to your website, no, reach no. out to you? Don't go, go to Amazon. No, no, don't Maybe go to we'll Amazon. Ban Amazon. <laughs> yeah, Amazon. I mean, I use I use them because I have to. Um, but go, yeah, just go to the website. I've got I've got all these books will be here probably like in a couple weeks. Um, but um, yeah, just go to the website. You can buy a book there. And uh, and please tell your friends. I mean, tell your friends about this podcast because it was very interesting. 
Um, you were very interesting, James. I just want to tell you that. Um, oh, thank you. And uh, it was it was fun. And the um, yeah, just go to the website, buy the book there. Um, and if you like it, tell your friends. And I will leave I will leave a link in the show notes for everyone as well for uh, the website um, and to buy ten thousand copies of Joe's book for him. But no, oh. seriously, it. It is it is an amazing book, and I don't I don't say that lightly. So it is something that I think all men, especially, should read. But all yeah. you know, all women out there as well. I think it's a, a very good read. You know, like I said, Catholic fiction is something that I think is an underutilized uh, genre in the in the reading realm and literature realm. So, um, and for evangelization, yeah. it's a great it's a great tool because it gets it gets the guard down. You're not you know it's not just a you know reading doctrine and whatnot. But it just it gets your guard down and it, it lets you know, again, good literature, there's beauty in it. And and the thing is, is the and again, our faith is beautiful. And again, the com- compliment that my sister gave me, she goes, I never realized how deep and how beautiful our faith was. And this is not from somebody who's like really interfaith. It was just, again, that awakening that happened when she read this book. Um, again, it's 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 woven throughout. It's woven throughout. Again, the. It's woven with prayers. It's woven with the my, the suffering, you know, that I've had as a as a kid. That again, I I give it to God. I said, God, I don't, I won't change anything. I wouldn't change anything if this suffering is going to lead towards the salvation of souls. Again, the the only goal that we have is, and again, we're yoked and we're aligned with Jesus Christ, is to bring souls to the Father, is to reunite His children with Him, and that's what this book does. It's all about that. And um, that's what we got, you know, that's what we got to get after souls for our father. Amen, brother. Well, thank you, Steve, so much for your time. Thank you for writing this great book. I will share it with as many people as I can and for all our listeners out there as well. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, go out there and be a saint. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of The Manly Catholic. If you have not already done so, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. It will also help grow the show and reach as many men as possible. We truly think this podcast can change families and help men to change the world. Thank you again so much for tuning in and God bless you.